Are you going to ask me hard Jewish questions? Because <laughs> please don't. I will not. <laughs> You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Couch with Carly. I'm Carly Abramovitz, and this is Julia Anastopoulos. <laughs> Shit, I got it wrong Almost, again. almost. Anastopoulos. 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 There we go. From one hard-to-pronounce surname to another. You it's very, so well. very nice to have you, and I'm so sorry I mispronounced your name. I, I did practice, and I still balls it up. No, you did so well. It's so <laughs> no. nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Kylie. So, Julia is the absolute, how do I say, force, force uh, of... Um, actress, writer, director, major creative, um, (laughs) and mom. And funnily enough, I actually know you more from being a mom that I have followed on Instagram Mm -hmm. and who has inspired me and who has been a a digital shoulder to cry on. Wow. And likewise, can I just say that? Likewise. And and so, yeah, so I, I asked you to come to talk to me today because I feel like we have this interesting mom tribe connection that totally. we've known each other on Instagram since our babies who are actually born one day apart. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, you know, since that was like almost three years ago, been following you. And then also just to talk about motherhood and all the things that all that has things. meant for you. Um, obviously, there's a lot to discuss there. Um yeah, so I actually want to. I want to read you something. First, okay. Okay. Just hold. Can't on. wait. <laughs> <laughs> it will be something that you are familiar with. It is one of your posts. Oh. Yeah. So I I remember this post because it kind of was like I, I don't know if if you had this with other moms, but you know that moment where you feel like I am the only mom that's shattered. I am the totally. only mom that's freaking out. I'm the only mom that doesn't have the hang of this. Everybody mm. else is putting post pictures up of their beautiful babies going, oh, I'm so blessed mm. and this is so amazing. And this post was like the post that made me feel so seen. Amazing. And I like just wanted to say I'm so grateful for it. So I'm going to read it to you. For all the new moms out there, this, this, is, this is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Six weeks, one big leap, 800 cups of forgotten tea, 5.2 kilos of baby, two sore wrists, three really big vomits, 100 loads of laundry, one five-hour sleep stretch, exclamation mark, (laughs) 10 two small baby grows, one disastrous outing, six brilliant ones, 10 uncut fingernails, lots of smiles, which is her new thing, 30 readings of Goodnight Moon, two patting, shushing, swaying, swaddling expert parents, two movies watched in about five interrupted settings, many tears, mostly mine, and of course, one teeny tiny little baby at the center of it all. Oh, little Zoe, how you light up my life. Oh, it makes me feel so emotional to hear it read back. It really takes me straight back because, <sighs> they, you know, when I had a baby, I kept on thinking to myself, why didn't anyone tell me? Why didn't anyone say this was going to be so hard? And I think when you go on social media and you see all these mummies and their babies and their beautiful curated nurseries and I, I, I was like, How, what is, what's wrong with me? You know, and I think that's really what that post came from. And I think subsequent, my subsequent posts to that 
as well because I was totally overwhelmed, like mm. really completely overwhelmed. And I quickly realized as well when another mom said to me, wow, you're doing so well. It looks like you like coping so well and you're back at work. And um, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I realized that maybe I wasn't being very real in my sort of Instagram persona and that I, it is highlights real. We have to just remember that. And, 100%. And I was like, wow, I need to actually just let people know that it does take a lot of me to be back at work and it's mm. hard. And, you know, I just think that we don't, we don't realize it enough. We're so hard on ourselves and mm. it's a very isolating time. Mm. And you know, yeah, no, I have to say, I think you were honest and real from day one. It felt like to yes. me at least. And, you know, you, you spoke about your breastfeeding struggles, yes. oh which, which were like everyday breastfeeding struggles. It wasn't yes. even like something terrible happened to you. It yes. was just like breastfeeding is freaking hard. And everyone I know has mm. had something that's mm. been hard about mm. breastfeeding. Almost that's everyone. the thing I didn't know. I didn't realize that it was hard for some people. Mm. I mean, I obviously, I think people do say, oh, you know, it's, it's always going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But you don't know until you know. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe no one had really sort of sat me down and said, you know, breastfeeding is tough. I just thought, oh, it, it looks like you just baby feeds and you're fine. And and it, it really was not that for me by any means. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. yeah. And you just have such a way of words that I think the way you described it to me was like, you painted the picture that mm. looked like how I was feeling. And I was mm. like, oh, this is so, I, I just remember it having such an impact on me feeling wow. so seen and, you know, just like this matters, you know. Yeah. So that, that was the initial reason why I wanted to bring you on this podcast. Amazing. Which was actually our plan last year, but then COVID happened. Yeah. And then also we were talking about um, body image yes. postpartum, which I think is really interesting. Now, yes. before we get into that, I just want to also say, Another reason why we're doing this now is because you've just brought out Tully's Baby Diary, which exactly. is the, the second season of your amazing, hilarious sort of mockumentary <laughs> Jewish commentary, <laughs> which is incredibly funny and incredibly close to home for me. And, and awesome. I, I particularly just absolutely love making fun of the Jews. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but I am Jewish, so I'm allowed to say yes. that. <laughs> but it's funny because it's also like, I mean, it's it's stereotypical. It's caric it's caricatures, totally. you know, but, but some people really are caricatures yes, of themselves. Exactly, you know? exactly. So what I love is that, you know, everything that's in Tully's Wedding Diaries and Baby Diaries is stuff that we recognize as mm. like, this exists. Yes, mm. it's funny and we're laughing at it because mm. it's sort of taken to the extreme, but this exists. Mm. And one of the things I wanted to, to bring up about that is I love the very subtle little um, points that you make in Tully's Baby Diary. Like, for example, in, in the first episode when she's um, sort of in her like influencer mode and she's doing her like workouts and her active wear yeah. and, and she's like, I think they're like the the sort of narration is is like, yeah, and I'm just loving myself. I'm feeling so great. And then it shows a scene of her like flicking through her phone going, I hate it. It's disgusting. Oh my God, I hate that angle. You know, like, and I just think that's such a beautiful, like, you know, we laugh, but it's brilliant. Yeah, you know, this season especially, I just, obviously going through becoming a mother myself and obviously my husband who's a director of the show and co-writer, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we going through this experience, a lot of the time, it's so intense that you actually have to see the, the comedy in it. And I think that was a big, um, 
influence in the show for us, you know. We were like, we've met these funny people. We've met these funny doctors. We did this. This is all stuff that sort of happened to us. And I think that we wanted to, especially in the season, um, look at the world of social media and how much harder it is to become a mom in the world of social media when you're seeing the, these crazy posts and um, you're sort of posting photos of yourself all the time. I mean, it's ridiculous. And we all know it's ridiculous, but we all do it. And we, we're looking at these pages all the time. Mm. And we just wanted to play with that and find the comedy in that and put Tully in that situation. Mm. And it was so much fun. And <laughs> it was so much fun to make fun of that world because yeah. I think that it is ridiculous and that we should actually just look at ourselves a bit. Yeah, um, but I also think it's really clever because it's a subtle introduction of Tully's vulnerability, which is mm. a thread that kind of comes through the whole season, you know, because it is easy to, on face value, be like, oh, she's so annoying. Like, yeah. she's just a pain. Yeah. But what I love is that in every episode, and it started in, in The Wedding Diary as well, like that that there was just always this like glimmer of likability, of like something that just softened you to her that went like, yeah. oh, she... You know, yeah. she's also struggling. She's yeah. she's she's trying to figure her way through this, and she's only got what, like her resources. You know that, exactly. that she has available exactly. to her, and that you know whatever. So, for example, the the body image thing, which I think yeah. is like an interesting question, which is like, well, mm. what are these pressures? And and even even if we're basing our, like our worth on the su- sort of superficial image of things like mm. it's still hard it's to so be hard. compared all the time to other thinner smaller yeah. influencers except for example yeah. and we do it it's crazy like I always think to myself um we are educated strong powerful women we independent like this is who I am and yet I I, I see this happening to myself that I look at these things and I'm immediately like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to get back to the gym. I need it. Like, you know, it's this constant. And I think that it is just, we are so bombarded by it all the time without even realizing it. That even, you know, you and I are swayed by these things. And it's sure. really hectic. So I think that there is an element of that that came through in the show. And, you know, obviously Tully Babes is like shame she what 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 happened she oh she was really hoping to get morning sickness so that she could lose a bit of weight (laughs) anyway she didn't but that was very yeah so it's like that kind of thing it's 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 what we are living with this is this is our our lives you know and um it's a great way to I don't know look at it make people look at it through the lens of comedy and actually that's cool that's what we should be doing yeah, absolutely. And what have been, like, I mean, I, I'm assuming you've had these struggles yourself. What have been some of the ways that you've helped yourself through image, body image issues or yeah. even like postpartum, like coming to terms with your new mm. body or how, you know, what you would know, you recommend? Yeah, it is. It's a, I mean, it is, it's a struggle. I must say, like, mm. I, especially I, f- I feel like a bit more pressure. I think, I don't know what it is about being in the public so much. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I feel a sort of expectation um, which is terrible, really. It should just be me and my body. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm much better now. But I think in those first sort of months postpartum, I was like, well, why? Why do I still, why do I still have to wear my pregnancy leggings? And, you know, like, and I just don't think we talk about it enough. Yeah. I think that there's this idea that we're supposed to bounce back. And I hate that term. It's mm-hmm. like sends chills down my spine. 
like bounce back to what? It, it, it makes me so upset, but there's just this unrealistic ideal. And our body has gone through this insane shift. Our, our whole, I mean, everything's gone through an insane shift, but your body, you've just gone through this insane thing. It's like running a marathon times 100. Mm. And it's so, I, I, I don't know, I just felt this pressure and again, so alone that I was like, why is no one else you know, this one's talking about getting into her pre-pregnancy jeans. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. I'm still not back in my pre-pregnancy jeans. Okay. And I think the things that helped me maybe were, I guess, is just to surrender to the moment in many ways and just say, like, this is me and this is my body now. And actually, this is what my baby needs. You know, my beautiful, soft tummy is where my baby likes to sleep. And that's amazing. And I, I just kept on sort of reaffirming that to myself. And it, it definitely, it definitely helped me. And then it became less about like what my body looked like, but more about what my body was capable of, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I think really has helped. Yes. But it's tough. It's tough. It's, yeah. it's, it's constant. Yeah. You know. Totally. And I was thinking about that when you, you know, first brought up that topic that we were discussing on over Instagram and I was thinking, gosh, what can I even say? Like, I don't even mm. feel like I have the sort of, um, I don't know, not moral high ground, but like the, you know, the skills or the tools to kind of say, I know how to manage this because mm. I think it is such an ongoing challenge. It is. Um, you know, the one thing I can recommend is buying a new pair of jeans <laughs> yes, in a bigger me. size. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah. it's really a game changer. It seems obvious, but really. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like we keep trying to get back to our old selves and right. there's no, it's not, it doesn't happen. We are a new person. That's yeah. another thing I think that also helped me is that it's almost like you have to find the new version of yourself, yes. the new mom version of yourself. Yes. Um. And there is quite a bit of mourning involved, I think. Absolutely. You know, you're like, Absolutely. you're not going to be that person anymore. And But the, the cool thing is eventually you realize, oh, I'm actually a cooler version of that person. And <laughs> I'm actually not so hung up on those stupid issues. And it's huge growing. It's huge learning. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. it's insane. Absolutely. And I think what you said about it being a mourning is so true. It's like, uh, I actually have a client who's busy in like the first year postpartum. And one of the things she says, and I resonate with, which is like something, you know, you know, Genevieve and I do the new, yes, yes, uh, yes. the oh baby, what the amazing, fuck thing, amazing. which is like mm. a preparation for having a baby. Um, and it's, yeah, it's all about this, like kind of being real about what to expect. And, you know, it is so true, but we, this, this client reminded me of, of that feeling, which is this, it feels like, you get sold this thing in your 20s of like, yeah. you're an independent woman, you get to choose what you want with mm. your life, you get to have what you want, you get to have the career you want, you can work hard, you can do this, you can do that. And then you have a baby and suddenly almost everything that you identify with yourself and who you are as an mm. individual gets taken away from you. Totally. You, you don't have freedom, you don't have your body, you don't have, you don't have access to this world that you used to have access to just or whenever you mm. wanted it it's like you feel trapped sometimes yeah. you feel and you love this baby more than you can imagine yes. even like trying to express into words but it's like that doesn't take away from the mm. fact that you've lost a part of yourself or a mm. life that you lived or an identity that you held true to yourself 
and that you will not return to, actually. You, you, you may have aspects of it return in part, mm. but you never go back to being Mm-mm. her again, Mm-mm. her the way she was. And part of that process, it's an interesting thing, is like you, you, it's you grieve it, like you said, and then you get to the part where you start to just embrace yeah. the new you. Yeah. And it's powerful. It and is. I think I'm still in that process. Me I too. mean, it's not like a done, finished no. thing, right? No. I think um, especially now, and I've only actually just realized this, and it was Jen who actually pointed it out to me. I was chatting to her over Instagram the other day. But for the longest time after I had a baby and this exact same feeling of mourning and of loss and of like, how am I going to get myself back? I need to, I couldn't find my um, creative spirit again. Mm. I was, I, I don't know, it, it's weird. It's hard to pinpoint. Obviously, I was like so in love with my baby, and but I wasn't feeling that thing that I felt like I used to feel that inspired me to draw or a new character or nothing. I just was like, I can't, my brain is just so full. I can't, I cannot have one creative thought. I couldn't believe it. And it took ages. It took ages. And I've got friends, you know, who went through the same process at the same time, who were just thriving creatively in this new role as a mother, like pouring their creative energy into their work and I was like, wow, why, what? Am I ever going to get it back? Am I ever going to get it back? And I think that I just needed to take the time. And mm. especially now after having done this insane shooting project, this Tully season two, you know, it was so it was so difficult because obviously we had a baby at home. It was my husband and I. We were shooting six day weeks and it was long hours and... I wasn't my old self anymore. I couldn't just throw myself fully into that mode that I could access before I had mm. a baby. Um, I was like, how, how am I going to do this? How do I do it? How do I do that? I can't. And actually, we did it. I did it. And the result was, was great. And actually, I just, I think what happened is that I just tapped into a different side of my creativity that was maybe a little bit more, um, what's the word, like, mm, I guess, I guess it, it was more organized, like a more organized sort of version of creativity where I went to set, I did my job, I acted my heart out, I went home and bathed the baby and, you know, it was, Jeez. it was very full on and very hectic. But at the end of it, I was like, wow, you know, that was me being my creative self again hmm. in every sense of the word. And um, and then it, and it was Jen who said she was watching. She was like, you know, I once heard you say that you were struggling to like get your creative mojo mm. back, but I think you found it. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I think I did. And it's so true. I just think we, I had this unrealistic sort of time pressure that I put on myself mm. that I needed to be inspired by motherhood and make something out of it, which I, I couldn't do until now. And actually... It was completely that. I was inspired by my yeah. that we made this weird yeah. comedic show. And it's it's been, no, it's been a success. Have, and, yeah. and yeah, it's it's gosh, always learning. Yeah, I remember because yeah. it, it was that it was that um exhibition that Grace did. Exactly. That you guys had that that panel and you talked exactly. about that. And I remember sitting there with you thinking, 
I, mean, I remember thinking, like, she's, she feels she's lost it, but she doesn't realize yeah. that it's there. It's like, because you were talking about yeah. your experiences that day mm. and you were being so funny. It was oh, like, really? oh, yeah. good. <laughs> and it was like, I remember thinking, you just have to talk. You just have to talk yes. about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. And, and it's all there. It's so alive, you know, because it's, it's you, actually. I suppose you, you just can't see it sometimes. I couldn't anyway. Yeah. Um, but well, I yeah. think that pressure, no one can really perform under pressure. Mm. I don't, th- or, oh, no. I don't know. Especially I don't, creatively. Like, yeah. I mean, it's insane. So I think that's the really the key is like, mm. yes, of course, get, you know, exercise after you have a baby. Get your, you know, get a yes. body if, that, if that's what you want to do. But do it under the guise of health and wellness and totally. doing something for yourself and having time to yourself. Totally. Not, not under the guise of I have to bounce back because this mm. is the expectation on me, you know. Totally. Because then it's being, it's it's done in that way, which is, yeah, forceful and totally. And you know what? The most success I've ever had with body image is when I'm not going to gym to lose weight. I'm going to the gym to help strengthen my core because I've got sciatica and I need to fix my back. And as soon as I'm not focusing on a negative angle, it's it's just changed my whole perspective. That is fascinating. You know, you're like, I'm fixing my back. Yeah. I'm I'm having my body is healthy and it's just, it's a, it's a mind shift. It's yeah. about talking to yourself in a positive way, which I know it is so hard. But <laughs> sometimes you have to force yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do think fake it till you make it is an actual therapeutic strategy. Yeah, really. <laughs> if you're a client of mine, you will attest to that. I have said okay, that awesome. to, to people. I do it. I do it. <laughs> But yeah, the body image thing I think is a work in progress. I love um, podcasts like I Wear with Jamila Jamal. Oh my gosh, yes. She's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. And I love the way she talks about sort of function over form, you know, looking yes. at the body as just a body that has jo- a job to do. Totally. And what do we need our body for? This is what exactly. I'm going to focus on. What does my body do for me? Rather exactly. than what it looks like or valuing it based exactly. on. I mean, she is also an incredibly svelte, yeah, tall, she's incredible. beautiful. I mean, it is like a bit like eye that she's saying that. But you know what? Probably people think that about us. It's like everyone thinks totally. the worst of themselves, you know, totally. and notices the flaws in their bodies. Mm. Whereas other people will be like, well, what are you talking about? You're gorgeous. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. <laughs> Yeah. So actually, when you were talking now, I was thinking about how what's amazing about Tully, um, in particular now with the baby diaries, and I, su- I suppose it's, it started with wedding diaries because it was based on you and Ari's experience yes. with, the, with the whole wedding process. Yes. But so maybe it seems like it's easier to understand like where you and Tully might have overlap. But but just because that question was asked on my Instagram today, what where do you, where do you feel you and Tully have overlap, or what kind of of Tully do you see in yourself, mm. or vice versa? Mm. Oh, it's such a tricky one because I mean, obviously we are so different. I mean, just in general, I'm just not <laughs> just not that person. <laughs> um, but having said that. And it's quite hard to explain because it sort of goes into the idea of like finding a character. Mm. But I think the deep realness and the kind of the real insecurity that's there in Tully, I think that is my own insecurity. And that to play this character, even though she comes across as this like annoying stereotype, she isn't, you know. Mm. She's very real for me. Mm, and, mm, mm. um, And I think the way that I, 
can access that is by tapping into my real <laughs> feelings and emotions. And I think that those that vulnerability that you mentioned that you see entirely, those yes. little bits, I think that's what makes her more human. And I think Absolutely. those things that are mine. Right. Um, and I think that makes her a better person. <laughs> like I, you know, that yes, it, it makes her it makes her more human and more believable. I think if I was just playing this sort of Santa and Kugel, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm done. But actually, she does have insecurities and she 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 doesn't win, actually. She's yeah. trying to be something that she's not and she yeah. doesn't win. And I think that's yeah, that's what makes her that's what makes us able to watch her. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it is those little weird nuancey like insecurities that I think yeah. are my own. Yes. Um, the vulnerability. I mean, I think totally. that that's so brilliant. And probably, mm. I mean, I don't know anything about acting, but like I, I imagine that that's like acting school 101 is, is connecting yes. with the vulnerability. Absolutely. And, or connecting to a real emotion. Yeah. And I can't, like, I can't pinpoint how I do it or what it is, but it's it's kind of like you, you, you get to a stage with a character for me where I'm able to just think as the character and be in the character's shoes. Yeah. And the only way you can do it, I think, is just by finding that realness within you. Yeah. Um, and, and playing real emotions and real, you know, you're in the scene and you're listening to your acting partner and you feel the real things. Yeah. So there's a lot of me entirely in that sense. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. But out, the outward, obviously... She's absolutely crazy. <laughs> but you are married to a Jewish guy. Yes. And so you must have met Tullys I'm, along the I'm way there. In you your, know on your journey. <laughs> I have. And I, you know, I grew, I grew up in Joburg. And I just think that I, this Tully Babes has always, I've always had Tully Babes in my life. <laughs> always. And yeah, there's, ugh, there's something so fun about playing this character. It's yeah. really. Oh, it's so fun. I mean, I actually know Tally oh, yeah. Babes. I mean, oh, yeah. there are people that I sit next to at a Seder mm. dinner and I'm like, whoa, Tally <laughs> no, Babes is Tally like Babes. A, is a mild version of you. I know, I know. <laughs> and the best part is, is that the real Tally Babes that have watched the show, they love it. They love it. <laughs> They're like, this is me. This is exactly me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's great. I've it's 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 been such it's been so fun to play this one of crazy my character. one of my supervisors or the, she was the kind of head of the department when I was studying when I became a psychologist. Um, she she married into a Jewish family and she always spoke about how for her coming from like a waspy sort of yeah. Rhodesian family she kind of met this Ju this Jewish family and and she said it was so fabulous yeah. to go to this house where these people just said it like it is. Yes. Shouted at people when they wanted to totally. shout at people. Were hysterical when they wanted to be hysterical. Mm. Kind of, and she said there's something so amazingly cathartic about the Jewish culture that pe people are, they out their feelings, they're ex they express things. It's amazing. I completely agree. Yeah. It really is like that. And in fact, not dissimilar to the Greek yeah. culture, which is what I grew up in. Yeah. And that even then, like the... There's the Tully babes in the Greek community. It's, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's the same. It's you know? the same. And um, there is that realness and that openness. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. And it's almost, it almost means that there's this, that for me, it feels like more than maybe another 
Well, I, I can't really say compared to another culture, but I just know for the for Jewish people and Jewish culture, there is that sort of leeway to make fun of. It's, mm. it, it just feels like the, there is there is a kind of robustness to their to their ways that you can kind of poke fun and it's like yes. yeah yeah we're, pre- we're prepared to laugh at ourselves. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know? it's, a gr- it's great. <laughs> it's great, and I think that. We should all be doing that. We right. should all be laughing at ourselves, especially now. Yeah. It's like we have to. I don't know how else to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the way I survive. I don't know. So tell me about your year that has been. It is a year oh of gosh. COVID reality. What has it been like for you? You know, I feel very, very lucky to have had the year play out the way that it did. I think so many people... I mean, especially as an actor. Oh, it's hectic. It's hectic out there for the artists and the actors. It's just Mm. so terrible. But thank God. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And Showmax commissioned season two, and we went for it. And it, it it meant we were working throughout the whole of lockdown. We were working creatively throughout the whole of lockdown, which was so amazing. Mm. Um, You know, we, we, we went through the writing process while we were in hard lockdown. It means that we could work remotely. Um, eventually, when the when the um, rules were sort of lifted, we sort of met in a group and social distance in our studio and we were able to have the writer's room in the room, which was amazing. And the timing was just, it just worked very well. Okay. The hard part was shooting because that... Because of all the protocols. Protocols and, and like crazy stuff. Like, oh, sorry, God, we have to recast this character because... They've been in contact with someone with COVID. We can't, they can't come to set. Crazy. And then you're recasting and um, and there's a lot of that. It and was you shot really it really crazy. quickly. Yeah, we shot it in five, over five weeks. Sure. Um, and by some miracle, we made it to the end. I mean, most of the productions that were happening in Cape Town at the time were shut down. If one person gets COVID, you're done. You can't, you have to shut down and the repercussions are so huge. We just didn't have the budget for it. So some miracle, by some miracle, we made it through the five weeks. Yeah. We did get COVID at the very end. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, on the very last day, Ari was coughing and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this, is, this is really bad. This is bad. This is so bad. And, <laughs> um, but I mean, it was the last day. I couldn't believe it. And how many people got it? From... Eight, eight people out, okay. of our, out of our cast and crew got it. Which was also great. I mean, there were forty over forty people on set. Sure, but, but everyone was fine. It was like a mild no, no, no. Version. Everyone was absolutely fine, and um, yeah, it was just amazing that we didn't we didn't get it before. Oh my gosh, it was it was extremely stressful. Actually, it definitely added a level of anxiety, a layer of anxiety yeah. over the production. You know, every day. Oh, I can imagine. It's just stressful, but we did it. Okay. We did it. But you're, I mean, you've basically gifted all of us this this love project of how do we make people laugh in this stressful time. And it, I think, I mean, I think every review that I've read so far has included that as a reference. You know, totally. the fact that we all need something to laugh mm-hmm. at and how, what a breath of fresh air it is after this year. Thanks. Yeah, that really was, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't the main reason why we did it, but it was something we really wanted to do. Also, just as creatives, I think even just a lot of us on set, no one had worked for ages and we all got together on set and we were able to do this really fun, funny thing together creatively. And it was just the best experience, really. It was just like everyone, 
it was like a breath of fresh air to be working on this project. And I remember initially, Showmax was like, mm, should we, you know, let's set it in the world of COVID. Like, won't that be funny? And we were like, it won't be funny. It won't yeah. be funny. It's nothing about COVID is funny. We can't. Yeah. Let's just steer clear of it and see where it takes us. Right. And I'm so glad we did that because I do feel like people needed a break. Yes. From just thinking about it all the time. Yes. Yes. And so we, yeah. we we set it in a world of no COVID. Yes. Even though you'll if you watch it, you'll notice a few like scraggly extras at the back or people that aren't extras in the back with masks on and stuff. But you know what? I didn't actually notice and I'll, now I'm going to go now back you can go and, and look. look. There's a few scenes. <laughs> but I did have like, you know what? I don't know if, <laughs> if you have these moments, but I, I have these weird moments where I'll be like watching a movie that was made like years ago and a, a guy will like bust into a, ba- a bustling bar and, oh, yes. and I'll be like, oh, where's your mask? You know, like, <laughs> all the time, all that hugging. I'm like, you're mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, all the time. And I did have that thought when, when it was like that crowd on the promenade. I was like, ooh, <laughs> like, no. mask alert, no mask alert. <laughs> it was stressful. I mean, none of the actors could wear masks, but we were so strict. We were all... Um, you know, we were sanitizing like mad. We even had this, um, these Listerine mouth sprays ah. so that we were like just like disinfecting our mouths with, with mouthwash whenever we could, um, which I think probably worked because, you know, we, we made, it, we made wow. it pretty far down the line. But yeah, it was, it was quite stressful to shoot. I will be, I will be honest. And, I can imagine. And, and it was just before that crazy second wave just, picked up okay so there was a lot of tension and anxiety but yeah I mean it was it was such a it was just such a great thing to be able to work on that project after having the insane year of 2020 yeah and um I know it was so cool the way you opened it up to other like because I know a lot of my friends and even a family member was like an extra oh, and really? was so, yeah oh, cool. shout out to Georgia Key <laughs> She's, Georgia Key. she's your she's your one of your models for the, the oh my gosh she is so amazing she was so amazing Georgia we love you uh cute man um yeah like it was just um so nice to actually I mean as a Cape Tonian first of all it's so beautifully shot mm. like the scenes of Cape Town you, you actually it's just one long advert for Cape Town you're like wow this place is so magnificent I yeah. live in the city wow yeah. And but then also to see all these familiar faces and all these familiar places and you know like your sister um, owns Arthur's Mini Super mm. which is one of my faves and I just it's just it's like comforting and it just yeah. felt like that 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 like really sort of like feel good thing that we all need right now yeah and that's oh it makes me so happy to hear you say that because for us Cape Town has always been almost a character in the show yeah. and we and we. We love that. You know, we want people to say, oh my gosh, I get bread from, you know, I go to the Runnysack City Farm Market and it just feels, why aren't we making more content that is a, that is about us and our lives? It's, it's yeah, great. Yeah, Max, if you're listening, can you please give Sketchbook <laughs> all the shows? So that give, we- <laughs> us, give us all the shows. Um, yeah, but it is, it's, it's, it's great to sort of celebrate our own little nuanced experiences, even if it comes across as weird to other people who might not necessarily live that life or be in that circle. But do you think it does? I mean, have you ever No, I mean, I mean, I doubt if I think about the shows that I watch yeah. and the brilliant comedic shows that I've watched set in, say, New Zealand, yeah. with like New Zealand actors, yeah. 
it is so funny. Yes. I might not understand all the jokes, but it's brilliant. And it's it's almost like Tully has got a kind of universal humor to it. And then just adding the richness of the of Cape Town and the little characters that we know and love in South Africa, I think that that has what has made it successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, I love um, your introduction of coconut curls. That was oh my gosh. genius. I actually just, you know, I've watched your, I've watched the season twice now. So I just actually <laughs> I re-watched it. a couple of episodes earlier it. just to like prep for this interview. You know? Oh, but wow. <laughs> I watched that episode and it, it made me laugh so hard again. Like she, she's so funny. She's brilliant. She is brilliant. And I, this was one of the moments I was quite starstruck by. I was so I was starstruck by most of the cameos and like <laughs> Danny Kay. Danny Kay. <laughs> I was so blown away by Danny Kay and his wife. I was like, I were like, how are they gonna be? You know, are they gonna be nervous? Are they gonna act? Like how are they gonna be? We had no idea. We so flippantly wrote them into the show, and they were brilliant. They were so good. I I was absolutely blown away by them, but but Liseko, who plays Coconut Curls, also I was like, oh, she's so funny. She's so brilliant. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm so... And it was like a minute of that. And then it, it's so great to play opposite someone like that mm. because, I don't know, it, we disconnected. I, it was so brilliant. It was just so much fun. She's, she's, she's an excellent actress, actually. Yeah. She's a comedian, but she's, she's a, a very good actress. And... It shows, you yeah. know. She she would do anything. And there's not a hell of a lot of people of color on your show. Like the, there's no. her and um and Siv as well. Yes. Who's, who is excellent and Jean, the the, the guy who plays Jean Luc. Yeah. He he stole he stole the show. I'm sorry. His Isn't scenes. Isn't he incredible? He was incredible. He is incredible. So but, what a guy. But so, so tell me about like how you see just. Like race in South Africa, like yeah. does it play a role in your in your in your in the writers' room? How do you think Definitely. about it? What do you what do you what are the conversations you're having about yeah. that? It's such a tricky one because obviously we are having the conversations, and obviously we want to be true to the characters and true to the world. That's a big conversation, you know. Um, but at the same time, we want to be inclusive. We want there to be representation, and it's a juggle, and we need to kind of walk a line. And a lot of these things, I mean, a lot of the time it isn't in our control. Like we kept on trying to cast more people of color and it would fall away or I don't know. It, it was just like, it, it was such an ongoing conversation throughout the whole writing process, throughout the whole casting process. Yeah, I imagine. Um, because it's important. And, you know, as, as artists and as content creators, obviously it's important that we're having these conversations but actually, I think, yes, we need to be true to the world and true to the characters, but it's also our responsibility to, you know, be more diverse and 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 create opportunities and have colorful characters in the show, mm. um, whatever yeah. that means. So now that I'm thinking about it, there were actually quite a few people of color that I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, that's there the, was the uh, what's his name, the comedian that did the um he was like the the city the city of Cape Town. Oh, um, oh, um, he's married to a friend of mine actually. Um, Kurt Quinrod. <laughs> Kurt, yeah, yeah he's so funny. And one oh of the influences also. Um, yes, yes, um, fit, fit bitch or whatever. Fit bitch, um, <laughs> so there was yeah. there was a there yeah, was we, but, we, but it wasn't obviously like a 
overt conversation no. that Tully was having with herself. You no, know, she wasn't no. like recognizing. But it'll be. No. I mean, that's quite a thing to bring because coconut curls is is kind of saying something totally quite overtly. So in a way, you were using her to sort of say something about Tully that was a bit more, a little bit more on like on the political edge. Exactly, and I think that. It's it's tricky for me as a comedian. I've never been that kind of comedian who is walking that line because I'm actually just too scared. Like to, I don't want anyone to be upset, and I just like I just want to be. And especially, I, I guess it's just the, my nature. It's like Suzelle is very, you know, she's very PC and <laughs> she's just lovely, positive, yeah. like creative person. And and Tully is who she is, but. Um, you know, we do want to walk that line. And, yeah. and I mean, maybe not overtly make a show about it, but yes. that it does play a part. And there were a few things in the show where I was like, oh, this is definitely, this is definitely going to get us cancelled. Oh, this is going to oh. offend someone. Oh, this is going to be bad. People are going to say this. But actually, you just have to do it. And yeah. you have to do it to the best of your ability with the resources that you have. And a lot of conversation goes into these things. All mm. of the issues that came up in the show a lot of back and forth, a lot of talk, um, you know, especially in the writer's room. Mm. Um, Gilly is one of your writers. Yes. I imagine she's quite vocal about that sort of thing. She was amazing. To just have Gilly's voice in the room was brilliant. And it was so funny because she joined the writing a little bit later than we'd already started. Daniel and Ari and I had already started writing. And, you know, we'd do our thing and there was this one scene and I, I kept on saying like, I don't know why I don't like the scene. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't feel, it makes me feel funny. I don't know. And, and then Ari and Dan would be like, no, but it's so funny. It's so funny. I was like, no, it's not funny. I don't know. I don't think it's funny. And then Gilly came on board. And she was like, yeah, that's not funny. That's not funny. And I was like, exactly. That's not funny. And we realized that we were using this one female character in the scene in a way that wasn't working. It was, it was almost as if we were using her just for, I don't know, Ugh, it's quite deep what what actually was going on. But what it really meant was that I needed another girl yeah. in the room to be like, wait a sec, we don't feel good about this. I mean, it was such a minor joke, but neither of us are like, no, it's not funny. The boys were like, yes, it's funny. Right. And it just, it was such a lesson mm. um, about representation and having mm. someone in the room to just say, yeah, that's, that's not a vibe. <laughs> and having Gilly on the team was amazing. She's very vocal. She's so woke. She knows what is going on. She knows all of those comedians. And yeah, I mean, her segment on Instagram with what the white people are saying about about I mean, COVID it's is too hilarious. It's too hilarious. Yeah. So it was just so amazing to have her on the team. And she's that's so, so cool. funny. She's so funny. Yeah, because that's in a way what I think you were doing by bringing coconut curls in was mm. is you were subtly saying like we're acknowledging something about Tully's identity that we haven't up until this point said outright, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> um, but but that we're, we're kind of, you know, we're, yeah. we're showing some sort of comparison here, which is, and in a way, and this, bear with me, but in a way, I feel like this is also linking in with the vulnerability of, of Tully, you know, sure. that, that, and I'm in this process of like reckoning with my sort of, like, what is anti-racism? What mm. is, what is my motivation for talking about these things? And you know, I think for a lot of it is is to acknowledge actually the vulnerability of the process that it is hard to mm. identify your races, your like how you've been kind of p- 
part, like playing your part in perpetuating racism or living totally. in your privilege or not acknowledging it. And it's it's, it's a vulnerable space mm. to sort of and and I think to acknowledge that a, that some people who we like the the coconut curls character who we can so make fun of, you know, but is also so lovable mm. in a way. And that and that Tali is also a character who we make fun of or we, we, you know, we sort of don't take seriously. But then there's this aspect of her that is lovable and, and we can connect with and we can see mm. how she gets confused or how she gets exactly. into a muddle or what, what pulls her in directions that mm. kind of make her... And, and that, that's the vulnerability, right? The authenticity mm. of like, well, actually, it's tough. It's not always yeah. that straightforward, especially if you've grown up in Santon with, the, you know, exactly. the family that you've grown up in and lived in this bubble that you've lived in. Exactly. You know, that you only know what you know. And yeah, anyway, that's what I thought. That's so. cool. I'm glad you actually say that because we did, you know, we, we talk about all of these things and um, we might not write it outright, but mm. um, there are these things that, come up in the writing process and in the performance even that um, that I guess you know we, we, we need to be commenting on it's kind of like our job as comedians in many ways to hold up that mirror and be like what is this you know and it does look at privilege and mm. you know whiteness and this very spoilt person navigating through pregnancy, um, which is very funny. Mm. But I think that by looking at it through the lens of comedy, I hope that people will see those little mm. things that maybe make you think it's important. Well, I just think what's so amazing is that you've created this world. And honestly, I can just think of like a million spin-off seasons from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, it's like awesome. you, you could just do so much with it because what you've, what you've done exactly is it's shown this sort of this, this context. Mm. And now... Like really, all the characters could could do something that would be watchable, and totally. you'd, you'd you'd pay to watch it. I mean, totally. I literally joined the show Max to watch your show, totally. and I know a lot of people who have. <laughs> Thanks, Kylie. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know you have to go, so I want to wrap things okay, up. Okay, awesome. Um, I I guess. I don't really know how to end off other than to say thank you so much for bringing your honesty and your authenticity. Now, not just here, but on your Instagram as well. Saving mom's lives like mine <laughs> no, no, in, the, no. in the trenches, you know. Aww. And and I think just to say that it it, it feels very meaningful to me that a, a show like Tylee's, which is on the surface, like, you know, a mockumentary, mm. like, is actually has got this depth. Yes. And and I really, really love that about it, that, they, that even you know, that even that can, we can talk about all these really interesting topics that have real significance and depth and meaning. And it makes me think, and now I know that you are someone who has got that depth yourself. <laughs> and that, and that, that's beautiful. And I guess that's what's amazing about being an actress as well, is that you have this opportunity to sort of tap into all these different parts of yes. humanity that, you know, I mean, we didn't really speak that much about Cezelle because I'm a little bit obsessed with Tali, but like... It's fine. <laughs> we all are. You know, I imagine that even playing her, that there's something that you tap into in yourself that is that you don't get to kind of explore as much exactly. in your normal life. You exactly. Know? I often think about that in terms of just myself and my personality is that I'm actually so... No, I'm quite quiet and reserved and really. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have these characters that I've created that are insane and they're so <laughs> loud and bold. And I think that's obviously just something that I needed to do to put out there in the world. And they've come from somewhere in me and it's it's crazy. It's 
pretty weird. It's awesome. Thank you so much for Thank gifting you. us your characters oh, and for your time. And yeah, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley. Okay, now I'm going to try one last time to pronounce your name. Try it. Okay. Anista... <laughs> Anista po no. Anastasopoulos. Fuck, I forgot Anastasopoulos. the sock. It's a sock. Just think Anast- about it like a sock, maybe? I don't know. Like Anastasopoulos. 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 Anastasopoulos.